the Soundscape Crusaders. Join Nate and Levi, two music-loving friends, as they explore the cosmic wonders of the soundscape. Their goal, discovery, as they pair music with media. It's a race against time as they face mysterious cosmic horrors that stand in their way. Will they complete their mission? Tune in to find out. Welcome back to another episode of the Soundscape Crusaders. I'm your host, Levi, and with me, as always, is my co-host and man of the year, Nate. Howdy, howdy. How's it been going? What's been going on? Uh, it's been all right. I had like an upper respiratory effect infection for like the past week, so I've been like getting over that. You get the allergies and and the. I it's so it like it started out as allergies, so like these like this this change in temperature just like really fucks me up, and I guess I had just too much going on, and my body was like, mm, you let something bad in. So <laughs> other than that, things have been pretty good. How about you? How are things? Yeah, just uh, living the life, man. Uh, we went to see Taylor Swift on Friday. So, you know, this will be old news by the time this releases. But we, uh, Lauren and I went to see her on her era's tour. Had terrible seats. Um, but, you know, we didn't have to pay scalper pricing. So that was something. You didn't, didn't have, have to have refinance to... your house, essentially. Right, right, right. So we went that and you know what? She puts on a show like she since she is like one of the biggest pop stars currently working, you expect a certain level of production and she you know, at least she brought that. I'm not like an Uber fan of hers. I don't mind her. But what she does on stage is pretty incredible. She's got it down. She's got the poses, she's got the little twinkle in her eye and It's a theater show. Yeah. It's very much a theater show. Even 10 years ago, it was as well. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, they they switch stages and yeah. you know, they have they have technicians coming in in the dark, you don't even see it happening and she has on stage costume changes and then there's the thing that's going around TikTok with her swimming under the uh stage right now mm -hmm. that that's a big thing that's going around that I was cool get, i don't get those tiktoks but that sounds cool <laughs> yeah. yeah it's neat well you, you, the stage has those led panel like the stage mm -hmm. is led panels and right. so at one point she jumps off the stage and there is a oh, it looks a like she's her? yeah and it looks okay. like she's swimming through and it was it was pretty cool uh you know i can't i can't bash it because I, I was impressed by that so the openers sorry wasn't very impressed uh the bathroom lines though bathroom lines were not bad for me for me <laughs> can't say the same for any of the ladies in the audience i got the tour t-shirt so i i own taylor's merch now so i always i always get a tour shirt whenever i go any show i go to or some, as some kind as, of like, tour. As match. long as it's good looking. Like when we went to that Coulter Wall show, that shit was ass. Yeah. Coulter Wall, if you're listening, please get better merch, man. Shit was like, ass, bro. The the Straight. get better blanks for one. You gotta start with the good base. Get good blanks. And then 
hire a graphic designer or something because that that shit looked like it was from Fiverr, man. I and not like there are good designers on Fiverr for if sure. You pay, but this was like five dollar Fiverr. It's like, oh, you can get a logo made for ten ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was so disappointed in that because I really wanted. That's the only show in recent memory where I did not get mm-hmm. any kind of merch. And the lines were so long and it just wasn't worth it. I was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was ass. Taylor's merch was actually pretty good. And the blanks, so soft. Softest shirts mm-hmm. um, you'll you'll ever come across. So overall, decent experience. Not a big fan of standing for five hours because it was a fi- five-hour show. You have two, two openers and then a three-hour set by Taylor Swift herself. Mm-hmm. So add that up it's about five hours the first opener was a band called gale which they're known for that a b c f u uh and f your mom that song is ass that song it, is ass it's a it's a tiktok anthem you know that song you, is just ass you hear it all the time and it's, it's just not and sadly, I I, I think I'm gonna that play that bad was... cop, bro. That's it's like objectively <laughs> a bad song. That's some man, that's some manu that's some manufactured shit. Like like a bunch of chimpanzees hiding in a basement, like typing shit. You know, like it's, yeah, it's like not good. You so, haven't heard their other songs because their other songs are worse. I and I'm not surprised if you're. So next next up, Muna came on. Uh, I had never heard of them, but they they had some pretty talented musicians. So I'll give them that. The mixing on both of the openers was pretty ass too, though. Mm-hmm. Once Taylor Swift came out, it was clear and right. pretty good. Right. But well, in defense of the mixing, they're not going to put an ounce of effort oh, in yeah. that relative because no. that's why. Pe- why are people there? Yeah. They're not there for those two, and, yeah. and they know it. Yeah, absolutely. The engineers know that for sure. Absolutely. But yeah, you know, it it was, it was fine. But beyond that, um, I also went to a Pete Holmes show uh, the next day. Hmm? How was that? It was actually pretty excellent. He's very funny. He is very funny. He's a very funny guy. Yeah. I like him a lot. He's, he's a very talented guy. Very funny. If you've, never seen his show crashing on hbo it's not it's on anymore but it's yeah it's, it's it's so excellent really dude. fucking funny yeah, crashing is good crashing i've only seen a few episodes but it's good yeah so that that follows in the same vein as uh you know master of none or what's uh, the one with uh my brother and i've been watching one on netflix oh there's several it's the guy it's tim robinson's show Oh, that that's a little different, but yeah, uh, I think you should leave. Yeah, I think he's funny. I think oh yeah, funny as hell. Yeah, that that show is chaos incarnate. Yeah, oh I love I I love that show. I love that show too. But yeah, uh, crashing's more like fake. It's a narrative that there's a narrative with crashing for sure. It's it's like a it's a it's about him, but in slightly fictionalized in the same. And it's him. It's him trying to make it as a stand-up comedian. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I think it's about time we get into the the bulk of the show. Why people are here? Why people are here? They don't want to hear about my concert experiences. All right, let's get into it, man. I think you're gonna be pretty 
surprised with this one. This is a little outside of my box, but it's an excellent song. It's a very excellent song. It's a Death Grip song. No. Uh, if it was, I'd probably be happy. <laughs> no, it's probably the opposite of Death Grips, if I'm being honest. But it is very good. So let me let me walk you down how I discovered this song, and then we'll talk about it after we listen to it. So I was driving to work or something. I was driving somewhere, right? And my CarPlay, you can't type while you're driving. You got to use Siri. Safe so feature. I wanted to listen to London Grammar, which we just covered a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, yeah. Uh, their newest album is called California Soil. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, you know who? I'm not going to say your name because it's going to mess everything up. But hey, mm-hmm. iPhone assistant. Play California Soul Soil. I said Soul though, so it started playing a song called California Soul, and I was like trying to change it and stuff. But then, like three seconds into it, I was like, "Oh, oh, this is excellent!" So I just sat and listened to the whole thing. Okay, I was like, "I think I'm gonna cover this." So. What we are going to be listening to, I'm going to send you the link right now, is California Soul by Marlena Shaw. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I have no idea what this is, but I'm excited. So the people started to sing, and that's how the surf. That was California Soul by Marlena Shaw. Before we get into your thoughts, I want to talk about Marlena Shaw a little bit and just this song, because this is not a song that was written by her. This is a song that was originally written by Ashford and Simpson, which is a husband-wife songwriting production recording duo of Nicholas Ashford and Valerie Simpson. They wrote this in 1967, and it was originally recorded by a group called The Messengers, which came out as a B-side. I don't think it got a ton of attention. And then it was covered by Fifth Dimension. Gay. Marlena Shaw released her version of this 
which is by far, I've listened to the messengers version. I've listened to the fifth dimensions version. I haven't listened to Marvin Gaye's version yet, but Marlena Shaw's so far has the best production, the most interesting production. Her voice adds a lot of interesting things to the song that the others don't. Um, and overall, I think it's just an incredible rendition of something that's been done several times. So Marlena Shaw is someone who is known for her powerful voice, as you've heard in the song. And she has the ability to sing a wide range of genres, such as blues, soul, jazz. Uh, and that's pretty much where she got her start was in jazz clubs in the early 1960s. And she did that for a while until she released her first album in 1968. And after that, she pretty much re released an album like every sometimes every year, every other year, um, very, very quickly. Um, and she's still active today. Uh, she's she's one of the most popular jazz singers of her time, if not of all time. And I, I'm just extremely happy that this happy accident fell in my lap because it's not usually when you accidentally input a song wrongly, it's something weird and just not your thing. Uh, and this fell on me and I was like, Oh, this is really good. It, it's got that soul. It's got the California. It's just really, really great. So what did you think of the song, Nate? I guess to start it off, you, you brought it up earlier, but the production on that thing was sharp. The production for that, uh, for the song. Um, I, she's got a hell of a voice for sure. Uh, yeah. I'd never heard this one. I've never heard this song before. Um, but I, soul music's one of those genres that, you know, I really need to dive more into for sure. Um, I loved the, the horns and all the other different instruments that kept, building up as the song progressed and as she got to the final, I guess it'd be chorus um, of this song. I just think her voice has a really good timbre to it. It's really good. I want to listen to it again so I can like get more from it. It was really, really fucking good. It was really, really good. I, I would recommend checking out some of her other albums because she does. I would say her predominant thing is jazz. She's very much a jazz musician, right. but she dabbles in a lot of things and she keeps it interesting. Yeah. I, I went on a pretty, pretty big deep dive with her. Okay. Uh, one, one song in particular that I think you definitely need to check out is from her most recent album, um, which is called the blue note years. Okay. I don't know if that's a compilation. It looks like it might be, but I'm not 100% sure. But there's a song called Love Has Gone Away on Spotify. It has a dash single version. They say you powerful 
check out some of her stuff. That might be a good album to start on because it looks like it has a pretty good mix. Okay. But California Soul was the thing that put her on the map. Oh, this I, song. I believe it, dude. Yeah, she skyrocketed in popularity after this song was released. Mm-hmm. And even on Spotify, the view count for this song versus the rest of hers, her music, uh-huh. which the rest of it has respectable numbers, but this one is over 10 times more than any other song and it shows dude i believe it for sure it's really good it's really catchy and it it definitely incorporates funk elements especially with it's the rhythm on that thing makes you groove like the whole time when we were listening to that i was i was grooving to it um yeah it's really fucking good (laughs) it i (laughs) did It's funny because the, the, the lyrics and the music, this is one of the, you know, sometimes we have the songs where the lyrics do not accompany the, right. the, the melody. Mm-hmm. This is one where they, they are oh. both it literally, Easily. when you hear the beat, you want to pat your feet and you've got to move. Cause it's really such a groove. You're like, yeah, yeah, this is, it's, it's almost <laughs> like, it's almost like this song is an homage to, not only California, but to like music in general, specifically probably soul and jazz. You know, if you want to if you want to uh, equate soul in the title as soul, the genre. Yeah, like, this is a love letter. Oh yeah, to those things. It's Absolutely. so good. It's all in the air. You hear it everywhere. No matter what you do, it's gonna grab a hold on you. Like this is this is it is an allegory on how music can make someone feel. And I think she does a really, really, really good job. And like I said, that production is sharp. If you didn't tell me this was made in what, 69, 1969, was that what this was? Yes. I would have guessed probably later than that because this thing is crisp. Yeah. Yeah. I would say probably the only thing that would give away the decade that it was made is the the what do you call it a timbre of her voice mm-hmm. like just her the style of her singing right. is is definitely has a little bit of a 1960s right. soul type sound to it and you can hear her voice uh style evolve mm-hmm. as she as you listen to those albums like just just go through her music and pick like a random song in one of her albums from the 70s and then one from right. the 80s and it, it gets it changes a lot and some are more jazzy. Whereas this one's more soul, uh, soul oriented. And I can, I, I wouldn't be shocked if this song was sampled in like hip hop tracks later down the road. It'd have to be right. Well, that's it another thing is a lot of her music has been sampled. So California soul was sampled by Gangstar on check the technique. Okay. Woman of the Ghetto was sampled by De La Soul on Saturday. Feeling Good mm-hmm. was sampled by Massive Attack. I Love Your Smile was sampled by the Fuji Fugees? Fugees. Fugees? Yeah. You've Got a Friend was sampled by Mary J. Blige. So that's just Pretty five. good. Um, yeah. Another thing I want to bring up about this song, and I think it really equates to the funk genre, is this bass riff was grooving as hell and it drove it drove this song from the first note to the end of it 
And that is like such a huge, huge, huge um, element when it comes to funk, whether it's Parliament, Funkadelic, you know, those are the big ones, and or any of those other right. bands. They all have a phenomenal bass player that just keeps the song moving. It's so, the song is really good. I know I've been like repeating myself here, but this is not what I was expecting you to bring to the table. And I'm shocked and I love it because... Every time I've ever listened to a song in, you know, whether it's jazz, funk, soul, those kind of genres I like and genuinely do like, but just haven't, you know, gone off the deep end into it because it's so overwhelming. You know, I always appreciate hearing those and I'm always like, ah, I probably should get more into it. You know, yeah. I should probably digest more of it because it's all good. And, it's, it, you know, it's genres I don't dislike for sure. I just. Yeah. Uh, haven't given it the time of day, but no, this is good. I like this song. The song is really good. It, it, I, I feel the same way because a lot of times it's easy to get in just into what you're into for sure. And it's hard to branch out be, because like, okay, if I did decide one morning, Hey, I want to listen to some soul music. Uh, I don't know where to start. Yeah. It could be tough. Right. So, and usually that the the best way to get it is from recommendations and people that know their shit, mm-hmm. people that For go sure. to jazz clubs and that kind of thing. So, right. okay, Nate, now I think we've talked enough about this song. I'm really interested in hearing what your pick is. This is the part of the show where if you don't know, we take this song and the themes that it has, which the themes of this song are pretty simple California soul um, and everything that it encompasses. And we take that and we pair it with a movie media TV, whatever it may be and make an argument for why we think it pairs nicely with this song, like wine and cheese or something similar. So what you got, man? Okay. So one thing I really, really love about this song is it's an homage to music. It, the lyrics of this song, which we talked about a couple when we were um, talking about our initial reaction to the song, specifically t- are tailored to the concept of loving music. Yeah. And so going off of that notion, there was one movie that came directly to mind, a movie I love that also plays into this idea of loving music. In California Soul, it's an, it's an admiration towards soul as well as California, the state of California. In this movie, while it's not an admiration or a love of soul music, it's a love of another genre, but it's still within the, it still encompasses the idea of loving music, which is a, you know, nothing wrong with that. This movie I'm going with came out in 2003. It's an, it's an American comedy film directed by Richard Linklater. Stars Jack Black. The movie I'm going with is School of Rock. <laughs> that's a great pick. That's, Isn't it? That's out of the box. That's a, yeah, that, that's perfect. You want to watch the trailer? Yeah. If he doesn't yeah. come up with the rent by the end of the week, he's out of here. You wake me up for that? Come on. Dewey Finn would have sold his soul for rock and roll, but nobody oh! was buying. Oh. You're an embarrassment. You're out. 
maybe it's time to give up those dreams. Don't you miss rocking out? You're not a teacher, Ned. You're the cross-dressing incubus from Maggot Death. Dewey, I'm not a satanic sex god anymore. I'm a sub, and soon I'll be a certified teacher. I'm the principal here at Horace Green Prep, and we need somebody to start immediately. Mm hmm. So how much are we talking here? Six fifty a week. Hello, this is Ned Schneebly. Everyone, I'd like to introduce Miss Dunham's substitute. This is Mr. Schneebly. All right, look, I've got a hangover. Who knows what that means? Doesn't that mean you're drunk? No, it means I was drunk yesterday. All right. So, for those who haven't seen this movie, School of Rock stars Jack Black, who plays a character named Dewey Finn, who is a, he is a, what would you say, a couch surfer? He's a, I don't know, what would you, what would you yeah, call he, him? He's, he's your typical bum. band guy. Right. That, like, he has no nine to five. All he does is play gigs at shows, like for pennies on the dollar, you know, these nightclub gigs or whatever. As a guitar player. Well, he gets... He they, he's playing in a show with a band called No Vacancy. He makes a fool of himself. The band kicks him out. Dewey lives with his friend Ned Schneebly. They also used to be in a band together. This was all in the trailer. But one day, while Ned's out of out of that apartment, there's a call to the call to the residency from this prep school called Fuck. What was the name? What? Horace Green is the name of the prep school. Asking for a substitute. Well, Jack Black's character Dewey pretends to be Ned. It becomes this, a, a long-term substitute for this prestigious school and begins to ignore any lesson plans and basically trains these kids to be rock stars, to compete in a battle of the bands, to get revenge on the band that kicked him out. Yep. yep. <laughs> but why I think this song and this movie works so well is... While California Soul is a love letter to soul, School of Rock is a love letter to rock and roll and the concepts behind it. There's scenes in the movie where he's teaching these kids like the history of rock, and you, there's a there's a shot of uh, of the white of the chalkboard where there's it's like a graph, it's like a web, not a graph, it's like a web saying here's rock and here's punk and lists punk bands, here's grunge, lists grunge bands, and he dives into these concepts of like sticking it to the man, like you know. You're rock. You don't let anyone tell you what to do. You you know you tell your art through your music. This movie is 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 an absolute love letter to that genre and that concept. Yeah. And I think being a love letter and having that kind of admiration for rock music, I think pairs really well with California Soul. I I love this movie. I I was ten years old when this movie came out. I remember seeing it in theaters, and I fell in love with it from the first. From the first viewing, and I'll I'll watch it every once in a while, and I still crack up and notice things that I didn't even notice, like in in Dewey's little corner of the apartment, he's got these stickers of all these different bands like Nirvana, Sex Pistols, Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, ACDC, all these really popular metal and rock and punk bands. There's so much. The details in this movie are just as immaculate as the production and the vocal performances and the composition of California soul. I think while they're not in love with the same genre, I think they are both in love with music in general. And I think they just, they pair so well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this movie too. It's absolute joy. I think is the best way to do it or say it. 
because it it's just pure and it it shows these kids really bonding with this guy this guy doesn't really know what he's doing in his life these kids are too young to even know what they're doing with their life right they're dealing with their own struggles people aren't listening to them mm-hmm. and he empowers them to express themselves through art and he's i don't even know if he's aware of it at first because he starts out with selfish intentions oh yeah and he's rude to the kids but he as he learns more about them like there's a scene with i can't remember the the singer's name but she didn't want to get on stage she was one of the backup singers she didn't want to get on stage because she was afraid people would make fun of her for being overweight and he's like and he and he it's a very sweet scene because he's like hey I'm fat too, but that doesn't stop me, you know, kind of thing. It's this really kind of sweet moment between these this this child and this adult who's he's not a parent. Has he ever interacted with kids? We don't know, but it definitely doesn't give off that vibe. It's it's just yeah. it's like you said, there's so much heart in this movie, and I think it's really captured superbly well. Yeah. So good. Jack Black, of course, is amazing. He's, this is one of my favorite, if not my favorite role of his, um, because like you said, Dewey also like he, he grows up as well and kind of learns that, oh, you know, there is, you know, I, I might not be a popular rock star or I might not be, you know, leading these stadium, these arena tours, but I got through to these kids through the power of music. And in the end of the movie, he becomes a music teacher. Yeah. At the yeah. very end. Yeah, he finds his car. Works with these kids and, and they still do, they still play music together. They do a wonderful rendition of a, It's a Long Way to the Top If You Want to Rock and Roll by ACDC. And that's the end credits. And it's so good. This movie is so heartwarming. And I just, I can't brag enough about it. It's so good. No, yeah. It's freaking awesome. It really is a good, good movie. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is good. If you want to stream School of Rock, looks like it's on Pluto. Most of these others look like you need to rent it, whether it's Amazon, Apple TV, YouTube. But it has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has an 82 on Metacritic, which is good, especially for Metacritic standards. If it's an 80 or above on Metacritic, it's usually pretty damn good. I'd recommend it. I I think it's a great, heartwarming, fun comedy film that has a lot of heart and a lot of a lot of soul to it. Yeah, yeah. It's it it does it provides the same level of hope and happiness that this song provides. So I I it it feels out of the box, but honestly, it's perfectly in line with yeah with the song. Well, thank you. I, I prepped that one hardcore. Not that I knew what the song was, <laughs> prior, but I, I defended the hell out of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, not much more I can really say about this. Um, so, Levi, it's all you. Floor is yours. Yeah, so for my pick, my initial reaction, the initial thing I was going to go with is a movie that I don't really like. So I'm going to pick something that's not not as in line just because I, the movie I was going to pick was La La Land. You don't like La La um, Land? I don't like La La Land. I think it's it's very mid. Uh, but I I also in general, um, what's his face? What's the what's the uh, Damien Chazelle? Yeah, his movies. J- Damien Chazelle's movies just don't 
do it for me. Mm -hmm. Every like even Whiplash, like I can, I appreciate the technical ability mm -hmm. that he's able to do, but there's something deeply um, pessimistic about all of his work, and that's another reason why I decided to not pick it because. La La Land is a movie that pretends and tries really hard to be optimistic, but it throughout it all, it, it just keeps mm -hmm. on reversing on itself to be a, a very pessimistic feeling movie. And I'm, I'm not going to go super deep into that, but yeah, I'm not going to pick that, but it does have the, you know, it has jazz, jazz elements and California elements, which mm -hmm. I think really work, but that's not what I'm going to pick. Because I don't like it. <laughs> the movie I am going to pick is a little looser. You're going to have to go. You're going to have to kind of squint a little bit with me to go go with this one. Because the main reason I picked it was because the music in this movie shares similar vibes. In California Soul, you have these big orchestral moments and belting vocals from Mar Marlena Shaw. And it's just powerful. Um, and another franchise that we've kind of talked about before that carries these same things. It's the James Bond franchise. Oh, wow. I'm really going to have to score. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie that is probably considered the most soulful of all of them is Live and Let Die. Roger Moore is James Bond 007 in Ian Fleming's Live and Let Die. My name's Bob. James Bond. Names is for tombstones, baby. Waste him now. James Bond is back, and wherever he drops in, it can mean only one thing. Trouble! This is the Bond adventure with more excitement, more action more danger and more much more see my thing with bond is i'm already like at a loss like i really don't like i really don't give a shit about bond as a character so if the movie's not good you're lost me yeah i'm out like i'm already out inspector lost me horribly but i like no time and skyfall i like skyfall a lot i don't know why i really like skyfall Skyfall is good. I mean, Skyfall is, yeah, considered one of the best, too. Live and Let Die is also considered one of the best. It's the mm -hmm. first. Live and Let Die is the first Roger Moore installment, which I'll be honest, he's not my favorite Bond. A lot of people love him, uh, but he he just doesn't really do it for me in, in most of his movies. I need to rewatch Live and Let Die, but for the most part, it's pretty solid. Okay. General thinking, though, is that it's in the top. So basically what happens, um, the film follows Bond as he investigates three British agents being murdered, which leads him to Kananga, which is played by Yafet Koto, oh, who is a corporate. Great. Yeah, he's he's a corrupt Caribbean dictator, uh, which is he, he rules a fictional island where opium poppies are farmed so as he's investigating that he finds himself in a world of gangster and voodoo and as as he's trying to stop this thing that's happening 
so in general because of the locations you got locations in the caribbean you go to new york for a little bit well so you're all over the place yeah and then but a lot of it takes place in the deep south new orleans and you have a lot of set pieces that reflect that baron samadai i probably said his name wrong but the the classic like voodoo inspired villain with like the top hat he he shows up the only reason I know who he is the is video he, game is Nightfall or yep. is it yeah is it what is it Nightfire Nightfire yeah yeah I used to play as him because I thought he looked fucking cool as yeah. shit he's a he's a cool looking villain he's a, he's a really cool looking villain he is a cool he's a cool looking whatever villain, yeah. <clears throat> yeah he's not the main villain in this one right no he's not Yafet uh, Koto is ah and he he's great like it's since you're such an alien fan like watch it watch for it that. For yeah. Parker's um, probably my favorite character in Alien. He's so good. And he's such a smart ass, too. Yeah, yeah. Guy Hamilton directed it. And it's I feel like it's shot a little bit more interestingly than some of the older installments. Because the older installments are very classically shot, for the most mm-hmm. part. With exception of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. So Sean Connery was replaced by George Lazenby on, in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Very, in, I think we've talked about that, but it's a super interesting story. There's a great documentary on Hulu about it, if you're interested. Uh, very funny, uh, because they interviewed George Lazenby. And he basically was a car salesman that conned his way into being a model, that conned his way into being james bond he literally just heard he was a model he was in london Mm -hmm. he heard that they were looking for a new bond and he went to the barber showed them a picture of sean connery and was like give me that haircut got the haircut got a suit walked in pretended to be an actor made up a bunch of he made up a bunch of fake movies that didn't exist and charmed his way into being James Bond. It's amazing, dude. It's honestly like, even if you don't care about Bond, it's an incredible story. Very funny. Like he didn't know how to act, (laughs) but yeah, fantastic. But then Sean Connery came back for a little bit uh, after George, George Lazenby tried to up his salary for the following ones. I, I think that's what happened. And they got Sean Connery back. And then after a couple movies, Roger Moore took over. And this was the first one with Roger Moore. And I it was deeply inspired by black exploitation films because it was um, that was what was popular at the time. And as we know, James Bond movies typically mimic the popularity of whatever's going on at the time. It's a good time capsule for what the cinema language is in any given moment. For example, Casino Royale and then the Bourne movies. Mm -hmm. Like you got that. Man with the Golden Gun. You have Kung Fu movies. So Mm -hmm. it it all kind of rolls into a thing. But Live and Let Die is very much influenced by the black exploitations. And uh, since it takes place in New Orleans for a large majority of it in the deep south, it had there's scenes in jazz clubs. There's just a lot of jazzy influences, soul, uh, soul music. Yeah. And then in general, 
you have like the franchise, some of its most popular songs, not from this particular movie, but some of its most popular songs are done by massive talent like Aretha Frank, uh, Aretha Franklin and others. So yeah, that's, that's my argument for why it fits the song. It doesn't take place in California. It's a little less optimistic of a movie than the song portrays um itself to be okay so whereas you know california soul is a story of hope versus despair live and let die is more simple as good versus evil instead of hopeful Mm -hmm. so both are made around the same time too california soul was 1969 and i was what 71 73 was living that time. So good song. Yeah. I mean, I know you haven't seen it, so I think I, I think I sold it decently enough to where you might, you might give it a chance. Maybe Yafet Koto. Yeah. You might just have me on that. Cause he's, ugh. yeah. You got uh, Yafet Koto. Rest Jane Seymour is the bond is the quote unquote bond girl. Um, and then you just, t- you have a massive cast of talent that, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Might have to check it out someday. Not a huge Bond fan. So you got to really like drag my, like drag me by the hair to watch it, but I'll do it. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Baron Sam, Samity, Samity. I don't know how you say that. Yeah. Is actually, is is a spirit in Haitian voodoo and it's the spirit of, um, it's the spirit of the dead. So I don't know if that really pertains to anything in the movie, but it, it does. Is, uh, it's a part of the voodoo occult kind of thing. Yeah. There, there's definitely a through line there. Um, he, his, his character in general is a little fan, not fantastical, but he, he manages to do things that people don't understand. So, um yeah yeah it looks like live and let die is not currently streaming anywhere which is weird oh um because i thought amazon like bought the rights to like bond so i'm a little confused by that but currently it looks like only epics has it so if you have epics um that's that's where you gotta go otherwise you know it has uh, 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.7 IMDb, 55% Metacritic. So it seems like it's kind of right down the middle. Um, but on but, Bonds, Bonds usually aren't that like... Critics are so hit or miss on Bond, right? Yeah, yeah. The audience like, rating, like the Google audience rating is much higher. It's four stars. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it, you have a lot of people that just don't like Bond. And I get that. That's fine. Um, so I, I, I think in retrospect, it's a, it's a pretty decent movie. I don't remember where I rated it, but that's, uh, that's the show, I guess. So, well, we got, we got no, 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 we ain't done yet. Oh, that's right. We got that's the right. expecto rating. It's time for the meter. Yep. Time for the expecto meter. So right. yeah, what, let's see what I did, how I did. So for anyone who does not know what the hell we're talking about, the Expectometer is a new gimmick that we're doing this season or volume where one person, the person who did not pick 
rates the other person on how expected the song was. This has nothing to do with the quality of the song or whether or not we liked it. This is only about how surprising it is. So on a 1, that's not surprising at all. And a 10 is, I am completely behooved. The Cooper household will have the honor of saying they got a 1 for Lawrence Taylor Swift's song, Sorry. If a Swifty comes in and brings a Swift song, you should get a zero, personally. But one is the lowest number. And we got our first 10. Oh, shit. That's a 10. I did, like... You coming with a soul song is had had me flabbergasted. This is a ten. I am honored. I I, I can't because usually when we go lower, like to the nines, to the eights, to the sevens, there's usually a reason. Like so, take last week's example. You gave Lord an eight. It went down a couple points because we've talked about her before in yeah. passing. This has never been talked about. You're not a fan that listens to soul, funk, any of this kind of stuff. You found it on a whim, on accident. <laughs> There's sure. the, the writings on the wall. The Cooper household now has a one and a ten in their house. It's a ten. It's I'll take straight, it. Straight ten. I'd like to thank everybody who made this day possible, and um, I just feel so blessed to be able to live and have this honor stowed upon me. I think I'm going to go put it in my Instagram bio now and no one will know what I'm talking about. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of the show. If you liked this episode, feel free to follow, subscribe, rate us, whatever you feel like doing. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube at Soundscape Crusaders or on Twitter at Sound Crusaders. If any of those things exist still, I don't know. Based on Twitter having a Doge logo right now, and Twitter, Twitter seems like it's having a midlife crisis or like a near end life crisis. Yeah, so, something's <laughs> happening over there. TikTok might be banned. We yeah. don't know. If you have a social media account, just type our name in, and it'll probably show up. Hopefully. So whatever we're working with. Yeah. And if you, you know, leave a review, give us, you know, if you have any takes, tweet it at us, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, whatever. Yeah, comment on YouTube. Also, we have a voice note feature. So if you click our link in bio, there's a little voice note feature. You can leave a little voicemail for us. And if you do, doesn't matter what you say, we're going to put it on the show. So, you know, make sure it's PG. (laughs) All right, that's the show. We'll see you later. Bye.